Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me again today. Today we are looking at the final chapter in the story of Jonah, and we ask the question, if somebody who was really evil was truly remorseful for what they had done and changed their ways, would you be mad at God for forgiving them? and having compassion on them. That's the situation that Jonah found himself in at the end of the story, and is something for us to consider as we wonder what would we do if we were in his shoes. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on heart storms. For the last month or so, we've been walking our way through the story of Jonah in the Old Testament. Last week, we looked at chapter 3, where a miracle happened. Jonah had given in to God, gone to the city of Nineveh, and preached about the coming judgment against it. Surprisingly, the king and the people listened to his message, and they changed their ways. When God saw what they did and how they had repented of their sins, God relented and did not bring about the destruction he had threatened. You would think that Jonah would be happy about this. When evil people listen to God and change their ways, you would think that would be cause for a celebration. But Jonah did not celebrate. His reaction was surprising and a little perplexing. We read about it in the final chapter of the story. Jonah chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 says this, But to Jonah this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said, and I'm so angry I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. 
And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? The final chapter in the book of Jonah is about four things. It's about the collapse, the contempt, the compassion, and the cliffhanger. First of all, it's about the collapse. Jonah had completed the mission God gave him. He had been successful. He had done what God sent him to do, and then he collapsed. Assyria was the greatest power in the world and the most cruel power in the world. The response of the king and the people to repent was nothing short of astonishing. Nothing would have predicted that this would happen, but it did. I would think the book would end on a note of victory. I would think Jonah would be celebrating. He had witnessed a real miracle of God, but that's not what happened at all. Instead, verse 1 tells us that this seems so wrong to Jonah, and he became very angry. Jonah had just preached to a hostile audience. He had spoken to a really tough crowd. But instead of yelling at him and throwing rotten tomatoes at him, the people fell on their knees and repented. He should have been ecstatic, but he wasn't. Instead, he collapsed. What was Jonah's problem? Jonah couldn't reconcile the love of God and the justice of God. He felt like the Assyrians deserved God's judgment. They should have been punished for their sins. They should have had to pay a heavy price for what they had done to Israel. How could God be merciful to them? How could God claim to be a God of justice and allow such evil and violence to go unpunished? Jonah couldn't understand how God could spare evil people. He became very angry. He got so mad that in verse 3, he said he wanted to die. Jonah's problem was at the deepest level of his heart. There was a storm going on in his spirit, and he was angry with God. Jonah collapsed. He didn't have any energy to go on. He was ready to give up and die. He had lost the will to live. God, just kill me now. You can stick a fork in me because I'm done. <clears throat> the problem was that there was something Jonah loved more than God. He loved his country more than he loved God. Nineveh's repentance was pleasing to God, but it was threatening to Israel's national interests. The will of God and the political fortunes of Israel seemed to be diverging. Jonah would have to choose which one was more important. His response leaves no doubt about which one mattered to him more. His country was more important to him than God. This goes beyond what we would think of as love of country. This is more like the deification of your country. 
When our country becomes an idol that we worship, then we are in trouble. What country in the world today do you think is our biggest enemy? What country in the world today do you think is most deserving of God's punishment and judgment? How would you feel if instead God showed that country love and mercy and forgiveness? Would that upset you? It upset Jonah and his life collapsed. The second part of this story is about the contempt. Jonah was angry because he felt contempt for the people of Nineveh. The Bible talks a lot about the problem of pride where we think we are better than other people. The Bible talks a lot about the pride of self-righteousness, where we feel we have to keep building ourselves up to look better than other people. The Bible talks about not being judgmental, which says, I'm okay, you're not okay. Pride, self-righteousness, and a judgmental spirit all combine to form this attitude of contempt. You see it with people who are arrogant and conceited. This is a spiritual problem. This is a heart problem. Contempt is a sign that something is wrong with a person's heart. That is a problem Jonah had. When Interstate 79 was being built from Pittsburgh to Lake Erie, there was one stretch of the highway that remained unfinished for years because of a swamp that had to be crossed. They kept putting down pilings, trying to finally get to the bottom so the bridge would not sink. But whenever they thought they had gotten down to the bedrock, the pilings would give way and they would have to drill down even deeper. That's the way Jonah's heart was. Every time it seemed he had taken God and his grace to the very bottom, it turned out that he needed to go deeper. <clears throat> Every time Jonah repented, it seemed like some more contempt would surface. Every time he gave in to God, some more anger would come up. As long as something is more important to you than God, you will be both fragile and self-righteous like Jonah. If something else is more important to you than God, it will create pride in yourself and contempt for others, and you will have a hard time accepting it when God chooses to be merciful to them. If your anger and self-righteousness keep coming out of you, then God's grace hasn't gotten all the way down to the bedrock of your heart yet. Because when it does, it will eliminate whatever contempt is still there. <clears throat> the third part of this chapter is about compassion. Even though Jonah is angry and wants to die, God still has compassion on him. God causes this plant to grow and provides shade for Jonah to protect him from the hot desert sun. In the same way, though the people of Nineveh had been very evil, God had compassion on them. God gave them an opportunity to repent. And when they did, God chose to relent. 
In verse 11, God says, Should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? We love it when God has compassion for people that we have compassion for. But how do you feel when God has compassion for people that you do not feel compassion for? Jonah here is acting like the older brother in Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. When the older brother sees how his father is showing love and grace and mercy to his prodigal younger brother, he becomes angry. He gets offended. He won't come to the party. This is the way Jonah is. When he saw people who had disobeyed God and done very bad things, now receiving the mercy of God, he gets angry and wants to die. He thinks this is not the kind of world I want to live in. God's compassion is not something abstract. God's compassion is concrete. God's compassion plays out in both his attitude and his actions toward us human beings. God cares about people who don't even know their left from their right. There are many people in our world who have no idea what they should be living for. They don't know what the meaning of their lives is, what the purpose of their lives is, or what the difference is between right and wrong. When God looks down on us, when we are in a spiritual fog, or when we are spiritually stupid, he doesn't say, you idiots. God is not like us. When we see people who bring trouble into their own lives, we think, serves them right. We mock them on social media. What kind of imbecile says something like that? When we see our opponents and the other political party lose, we gloat and we smile and we are glad. We distance ourselves from them with our pride. But God doesn't do that. God feels and acts with compassion. Compassion connects our hearts with other people's hearts. So if they are sad, we share their sadness. If they are happy, we share their happiness. The character of compassion is this vulnerability, where we open up ourselves to others to experience what they are going through. God's compassion on the city of Nineveh was an indictment on Jonah's lack of compassion for the city. In the Palm Sunday story, when Jesus comes riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, Luke 19.14 tells us that Jesus wept over the city. The problem with Jonah is that he did not weep over the city of Nineveh. When Jesus hung on the cross when he was dying, Luke 23.34 tells us that Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. The problem with Jonah is that he didn't say that about the people of Nineveh. They didn't know what they were doing. Over a hundred years ago, the great Princeton theologian B.B. Warfield wrote an essay called The Emotional Life of Our Lord. 
He looked at every instance in the Gospels that described Jesus' emotions. He concluded that by far the most typical statement of Jesus' emotional life was the phrase, he was moved with compassion. This meant he was moved from the very depths of his being. The Bible records Jesus crying 20 times for every one time it notes that he laughed. Jesus was a man of sorrows, but not because he was depressed. Jesus had enormous joy in the Holy Spirit and in his heavenly Father. But our world grieved him. Our planet brought him down. Our sadness makes him sad. Our pain brings him pain. The way he heals us of our hurts is by taking them upon himself and carrying them for us. It's part of being such a compassionate God. Fourthly, the story of Jonah ends with the cliffhanger. The cliffhanger is that we don't know how the story ends. The story doesn't tell us how Jonah responds to God. There is no resolution at the end of the book. We don't know if Jonah gets it or not. Does Jonah come to understand who God really is? We don't know. The book ends with a question. God asked Jonah, should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? The book ends without an answer to the question. We don't know how Jonah responded to that question. The book ends with a cliffhanger. It's almost like we're missing the last page of the story. What did Jonah do? We don't know. I think, though, that it ends this way so that each one of us will answer the question. We ought to ask ourselves if we are like Jonah. And if we were in his shoes, what would we say? When evil people repent of their sins, are you okay with God having compassion on them instead of punishing them? We need to apply this story to our own place and time. Do you understand the grace of God? Are you okay with God when he shows mercy to evil people? The final chapter of the book of Jonah is about the collapse, the contempt, the compassion, and the cliffhanger. Will we be resistant to God like Jonah was? Or will we be like God, having compassion on those who don't deserve it? God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.